Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about diversity, inclusion, and the employee experience. Employee experience has an increased focus at leading companies around the world. This enhanced experience has many aspects, including people, processes, and technology. Today, we're going to discuss how technology is a key component in employee experience, as well as the role that uh, diversity and inclusion plays in EX. To help me discuss this important topic, I'd like to welcome Robert Ruelas, VP End User Computing Americas, VMware. Robert, why don't you uh, start with how you and VMware define great employee experience? Sure. Hey, Greg. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the broadcast. I appreciate that. So okay. the way VMware defines great employee experience, if you think about it from an IT perspective, IT defines it as the combination of people, process, and technology, primarily kind of the use of that technology. HR defines it as the combination of employee technology, work styles, and culture. In both cases, Technology is critical to both of those organizations. I kind of define it as all of that plus a collaborative environment and a leadership set of skills and really trying to be more inclusive, checking biases and a lot, providing a lot more listening rather than just uh, the, the traditional hierarchical based leadership style. That's great. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of the, the holistic view of that. It's, it really is, you know, people, processes and technology, and, and it, it definitely unifies both IT and HR. Uh, so you've been involved in VMware's Diversity and Inclusion Council. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you see um, an employee experience and DNI working together? Yeah, it's been interesting. I've been on the DNI Council at VMware um, for a few years. I was asked to join a few years ago, and I would tell you, when I initially joined, um, this was for me. It was about representing uh, people like me, and I wanted to kind of be that the the guy that represented the people that, that were like me, make it better for VMware to hire more people like me. Um, and to make it a better environment for people like me, if you will, right? It was kind of like yeah. what I cared about and what was I, what I was interested in. You know, as I dug into this, the the dynamics of what was happening, both from the discussion between assimilation or integration and culture and evolving cultures, it kind of quickly dawned on me that it was more than that. It was more than just people like me, right? As you look at what we were going through, the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, and even if you get into the racial hate shooting in El Paso um, late last year, what I learned is it was more about empathy and it was more about the fact that as a leader, I needed to change the way it was because it wasn't just about me and my people. It was creating a, a better environment for everyone to work and for all people to work. And to do that, 
you know, we've got to change. Hey, we've got to have more empathy for all people, not just your people, if you will, not just people that look like you, but you've got to learn to listen more to people, uh, all people, right? To And to be candid, you know, I went from listening to create a rebuttal to listening so I could be wrong. And that was kind of a, a term that our a couple of CEOs ago taught us is that we need to listen to be wrong. And what that means is listen, not just to respond, but so that you learn from that and you grow from that. The second piece is I really kind of learn to check my biases. You know, we're all, we all have a bias. We all have an interest. We, yeah. And I think a lot of us tend to be more comfortable with people that are like us, right? Both from a, from a college degree, what, what, you know, what color are you? What, what language do you speak? You know, did, you know, were you trained on mainframe or PCs kind of thing, right? Or were you in sales? Are you in marketing? And that's natural and that's okay, but you've got to learn to check some of those biases and really understand how do you, how can you learn from each other to, to try and innovate more and to kind of try and create a better environment. And to be candid, Greg, is we got into the facts of the dynamic workforce that we're dealing with. The reality is, is DNI is not just about, it's not a fad thinking about, okay, how do we get more blacks and Latinos in the company? It's not that. The reality is 44% of undergraduates today are Latino, Black, Native American, or Asian. Over 50% of college graduates are female. And by the way, that's been, they're the majority of the graduates for the last 10 years, right? And that's where, if you think of DNI, it's really around how can you relate to your workforce, because that is your workforce now. It's not a fad. It's not a an interest. If you're going to be successful as a leader, you've got to be able to relate to your workforce. You've got to be able to inspire your workforce. And you've got to be able to you know, create an environment that is inclusive of all people. And you've got to start to figure out how can I relate to different kinds of people and get the most out of them. And it's really not about getting the most out of them, but it's really about being able to relate to them so that they can contribute their best to the company. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be a good leader. You know, certainly not in the, in, um, in today's environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think there's some, some great numbers that, uh, you know, from, from VMware's efforts in, in doing that, it, it sounds like, you know, you've been able to prove some, some positive results and, and things like that. Yeah. Everything from, uh, you know, onboarding to employee. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, we've, again, I was on the DNI council for, have been on for, for several years, um, but we've changed our, our hiring process. What we found is in the hiring process, we still had, you know, uh, male dominated tone in job description. So we kind of make them a little bit more gender neutral. Second, we went to core competencies because what we found is, we had 50% travel for anyone that was in the field or anyone in sales. And the reality is you don't have to have 50% travel if you're in New York City or in DFW or Chicago or any of these big metropolitan areas, Atlanta. That's, that was a core competency that, quite frankly, was excluding candidates from applying 
for jobs in VMware. So we went to core competencies. We changed our hiring process to make sure that we eliminated the bias, um, either a gender bias or a, a, a racial imbias, if you will, bi or bias against uh, minorities. Right. Um, yeah. And so we also changed to have to make sure that we were doing interview panels. And on the interview panel, we we stuck to the core competencies, decision criteria for the candidates to evaluate the candidates. And then a feedback session where we could actually provide everyone could share their feedback on the employee and then discuss who's your number one, number two candidate. Do you want to change into that? And then we forced a process where we have a URM and a female on any interview process in any can any in, in any interview panel that's interviewing for a candidate the reason we did that is because we wanted to make sure that we weren't just doing a tap and go i.e. tapping someone and saying you've got the job now we wanted yeah. to interview for the the best candidates and oftentimes what we were doing greg is we were going to and interviewing the people that we knew in our net, the two, we were going to our network for candidates and we never went beyond our network. And, and that network of candidates are typically people that look like us. And that's where we kind of just said, Hey, we've got to implement a new process. We've got to go to core competencies. And we also have to have an interview panel that includes a female and a URM um, to make sure that we were expanding to interviewing all the marketplace, not just the people we knew, so we could get the best candidates, not just the people from our network, right? And it'd be yeah. candid. A lot of times we were, we were being stuck. Once we exhausted our network, we didn't have anyone else to hire. And so we really did some things also from a social networking perspective on LinkedIn uh, and a different number of sets of, of tools where we were looking for candidates. And then we also went to our power of difference what we call pods and, and source candidates from the black pod, Latino pod, the Asian pod, the women pod, and different groups like that. And I think that the results is, you know, our employee feedback surveys have got, been going up every year. We're ranked as one of the best places to work by Glassdoor. Uh, our CEO was ranked the top CEO um, by, by Forbes. And so, you know, I, I would say the, you know, we made a lot of progress. Um, so let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about technology and and EX. So you know why is technology such a key part of organizations providing great employee experience? Yeah, great question. You know I think you got to go back to I'm a I'm a baby boomer, right? Uh, the reality is the there's even the silent majority of workers in the in the workplace. I was I was excited when I was at IBM and I the phone rang at my desk. I was excited when I had voicemail and uh, an email. And by the way, it was email on a on a mainframe, right? Uh -huh. I thought that was really cool stuff. I've got two post millennial boys that are 29 and 30 and their level of technology adoption versus me is is way more advanced. I mean, they've grown up with email. Their 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 email to them is what they do with me, if you will, right? But they've grown up with all sorts of different uh, consumer apps. They're they've never had a subscription to a newspaper ever. They yeah. they use they they get their news from three sixty uh, news. If that's not personalized and customized for them and effective, and the hourglass takes too long, they'll go to Reddit instantly, right? And so they're consumption of news is totally different from the way our, we are. 
uh, or the why the way I was raised, right? In addition to that, we've got two uh, post millennials. I've got a 21 year old and an 18 year old. We just dropped off at college. Now, these those two, the last two are digital natives. Think of it; they've never yeah. grown up in a world without the internet. They're adoption of technology is totally different and their expectations of technology are totally different as well. It's been formed by the consumer world. Uh, again, same thing. They've never had a subscription to any email. Their, their form of communication with us is Snapchat and, and, and Instagram. Um, their, yeah. their, their ideas are really beyond that. And so if you think of technology and you think of how do you support the silent majority, the baby boomers, the 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 Gen Xers, all the way over to the post millennials? You really need to think about how you're supporting those customers, right? Because the reality is, the way they do their work is different, um, and yeah. it's much more adapted technology, much more comfortable technology. And while I was excited about email on a mainframe. They're not used to email. They think of that as a backwards way of doing things, and they want to be productive. They want to do things um, more effectively. They're not used to a green screen. They're not used to some of the workflows that we've got in some of the SAP systems or ERP systems or EHR systems in the medical environment. Uh, we've got to, you know, companies have got to think about how do you, you know, is is the old way the right way? Do we need to streamline some of that and modernize some of those applications versus uh, what's out there right now and what 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 the consumer world is offering those millennials and post millennials? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the the relationship between diversity and inclusion and the the employee experience? So, you know, what do organizations need to understand about how the two relate to one uh, to one another? Yeah, I think they're uh, to me. I think they're, and that's you know part of it is because of my work on the DNI Council at VMware and some of the background and some of what I've been in technology for thirty five years now. But I think to me the 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 DNI is really about creating a an environment that's more inclusive where everyone can come as they are, where they can do their best work. That's pretty much what DNI represents, and it's think of the concept of an of an evolving culture. Or you're making it richer as you add new people. The culture is evolving, and it's a culture of innovation, right? Not not a culture of, of anything else, right? Not not a a white Asian black culture, but rather a a new culture where we're going to innovate and we're all going to be equals. We're going to seek to provide feedback and input on decisions and make the best decision that way, right? So think of DNI as that concept to me. That employee experience is closely tied to DNI, because part of that experience, to me, on a, the experience perspective, you've got to think about um, the culture, right? What kind of environment are you coming into? Are, are people going to be attacking you for who you are, accepting you for who you are, or asking you to change who you are? You're, you're, you, you know, it's, it's. To me, it's uh, employee experience encompasses DNR in that you got to, you know, to, to have a good experience to stay here means I want to have access. I want to be part of a, a culture that includes me. I want to be, you know, I want to be part of something that really matters, right? And I want my work to matter as well. 
But secondly, yeah. you you want to be able to have a, a good experience in the company from an onboarding perspective. Know what systems and tools you need to do your job, right? Be trained. Continue to have job experiences that 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 or you can grow, where you can learn new things. Um, but also to be able to use some of the technology that's out there. If I if I look at if I think of my two post millennial kids and even my millennial kids, their their adoption of technology is at a much higher level than I was coming out of college. Their expectation of technology is at a much different level than where I was. Where I was ecstatic to have email, they're beyond, way beyond that, right? And their expectations are that when they come join a company, that they're going to have access to tools to help them do their work. And I'll tell you, I, I had um, one of the one of the boys called me um, and 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 told me. I asked him how his day was, and I said, I, he said it was. But really not that good. And I asked him why. He said, well, I just spent two days getting trained on this new EMR system. Um, yeah. He works at a hospital. And I said, well, what's, what's wrong with that? He was, Dad, I've never been trained on any technology. Wow. It's always been intuitive. And that's and my point yeah. is that that, it, that has to continue. You've, their, their expectations of technology is different from my expectations. I was trained on everything. I was trained on how to do email. I was trained on, on, uh, on any system that I've ever had. Right? He's yeah. never been trained on it. And much worse is the the workflows that he was having to go through didn't make any sense. He's a doctor, and it just didn't resonate with how does this correlate with me providing patient care? Yeah, yeah. and that's that's a challenge. And I would I would say this from the the marriage to me is, hey, how do you understand? How do you create a, an environment? where an employee can have a good experience and do his or her best work, come as they are, if you will. But second, how do you give them technology to help them do that, right, effectively, right? And so I think in today's world, you can't talk about an employee experience without talking about technology as well. To me, it's that, you know, DNI brings the, the innovative culture and inclusive culture uh, and everything from the hiring practices, if you will, right? And the leaders that can bring the best out of everyone and is seeking to get everyone's feedback, right? The experience, though, in today's world is, has got to include technology in that, in terms of what technology are you making available for your people to do their work? What are the apps that you're giving them access to? How do you create modern apps, by the way, to help them do their job more effectively, yeah. more productively? How do um, how do things like remote work fit into this as well? I mean, obviously that's a, a that's a growing area across most enterprises. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think to me, remote work is uh, is critical. Look at what's happening right now with coronavirus in in Asia. Um, whether you talk about a, uh, a, a virus like that, or if you talk about a, you know, a, a, a snowstorm, uh, a hurricane, whatever you're dealing with, um, power outages in California. I mean, to, in today's world, you've got to be able to provide uh, remote access, remote access to your employees to be able to do basic fundamental things like email, right? Remote access to be able to do your work, right? Access to those applications to your 
EMR systems to be able to check in. It's access to to check a quote, if you will, while you're at your kid's basketball game, right? That that is not a luxury. You know, think of think of big cities in Sao Paulo. You can drive, you know, you can drive your car four days out of five. You can't drive it every day. So that fifth day, what do you do? And what if the company says, sorry, I, you know, you can't have remote access. I can't do my job then. Right. And that's where it's no longer a luxury. It's a requirement to, 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 to for, for people. Second is work from home. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this broadcast from home right now. Uh, I travel a lot when I don't travel. I, I want to work out of my home office rather than commute in 30 minutes or 40 minutes to the VMware office and taking up space. Um, and that to me, you know, that's critical to be able to do that. It's critical to offer things like that. It's paramount, if you will, for millennials. And, and I would tell you what one of my uh, sales ops person said, hey, I'm going to Europe for a month, but I'll, I'm going to do my job from Europe. I, I had no issue. We gave him remote access. He checked in when he needed to be. He worked American hours for anything that we needed him to. Um, and he took care of business. And in today's world, you've got to be able to do that. It's not a, like I said, not a luxury. It's a requirement for IT to be able to do that. But do it in a secure fashion. Do yeah. it in a responsible fashion. And then do it without all sorts of security constraints, i.e. forcing a VPN, forcing a, a, an RSA token or VM Verify to double check, you know, on every single app, on every single, you know, using different username and password on every single app. That's not, that's, that's, that's not feasible. That needs to change. And, you know, the technology is out there to be able to, to free IT up um, from creating that friction for the users. Yeah, and so let's let's talk a little bit uh, more specifically about VMware and, and VMware's platform. So, you know, how do how do VMware's tools allow organizations with DNI initiatives and that are really focusing on employee experience to improve that within their organizations? Yeah, sure, absolutely, Greg. So, I, there's a couple of things that uh, obviously our VMware. Our focus and what we've done for the inception of the company 20 plus years ago is we've abstracted, you know, the the applications and the OSs from the physical underlying hardware, right? But it, in a nutshell, what we do is we allow uh, it, customers to basically access any application sitting in any cloud, whether it's your private data center. Uh, in the U.S. or Japan or Asia, right? Or if it's a data center on Azure or AWS uh, we or IBM SoftLayer, we don't care where that application resides. We're going to give you access to that application in a secure fashion from any device, right? And we think the device is really important uh, to be able to manage it. But what we provide is we provide IT a tool set and a platform to be able to provide users access to any application on any in any cloud from any device that's out there we think that that's super critical to be able to do it and by the way do it in a secure fashion do it in a way that's scalable do it and to be candid i've got customers that are approaching a million devices that they're managing right now uh in the retail environment and they're managing access to all of their applications through that Right. So we've got some customers that are hospitals 
that you know are running screens in a in an operating room, right? So it's got to be scalable, but it's also has got to be enterprise class uh, uh, um, from a performance perspective. But it also has to be uh, secure as well. Right. Okay. So what we do is we provide that platform. We do a couple of things. One, it's unified endpoint management, so we can manage any device that's out there. Second, it, we provide a, a, a set of um, services where you can actually provide access to those applications and to desktops from that. So you can do single sign-on so that I don't have to log into every single application or have a username and password on every single application or every single desktop. I use one username and one password. It is secure, right? And um, we allow you also to get notifications uh, and communicate with employees in different formats to be able to do that. But think of the power of having um, one one username and password to access any piece of hardware, any application that's out there, uh, including virtual desktops and, and virtual apps, right? That's great. Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely a powerful, a powerful tool. Um, well, Robert, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. You bet. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Rick. Yeah. Um, again, I'd like to thank uh, Robert Ruelas, a VP End User Computing Americas from VMware, for joining the show. To learn more about both employee and, empl and customer experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.